You're listening to SFC Radio, the sounds of Brooklyn Heights. Check us out on Radio FX, the TuneIn app, or SoundCloud. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the GV Podcast. I am your host, Brian Mansell, and today I'm joined with a couple other guests who will be revealed in coming minutes. But for the GV Podcast today, for those who are listening now, the GV Podcast is also known as the General Variety Podcast, which, simply put, means we talk about anything and everything. You know, we come across different things every day. It's like, imagine you're sitting there with your friend and you just want to talk. You know, catch up on some stuff that's been going on in your life. And then even the stupid little debates you have about food, about little debates about friends, and just drama all together. This podcast completely encapsulates that in 30 minutes. So for today, we're going to talk about food debates, popular food debates. Anything you can think of, we're probably going to talk about it. And later on, we'll be talking about relationships common myths that are in relationships, and a couple truth bombs that maybe some of you out there really need to hear today. So for today, my first guest for the food section is none other than the man himself, Anthony Cerulli. Hey, what's going on, Brian? Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. I'm glad to have you here, you know. I'm very happy able to agree to be a part of this today. You know, this is a very, very fun subject. Yeah, I mean, when you told me that we were going to be talking about food, I was like, uh, yes, I will definitely be uh, be involved on that one. Exactly. And I really do. And I think that these are some fun topics you're going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a couple different segments for each topic today. But for the specific food debates, you know, we have a lot of favorite foods out there. Mm-hmm. And the food categories are endless. You know, you got beans. Right. Like, I don't know how you would uh, classify that. Legumes? Sure. we call them? Okay. Sure. <laughs> you've got fruits. Mm-hmm. You've got vegetables. You've got meat. You've got red meat. I mean, there's a lot to it. But Absolutely. I think first I want to talk about fruits. Mm. Because fruits are like a natural kind of sugar, things you can enjoy every single day. Right. And I think that's what makes this work, especially this part, you know? What's one fruit you enjoy eating a lot? Like, what's your what's the best fruit to you? <sighs> one fruit that I enjoy eating is such a tough question because, well, let me preface this by saying before we get into any food discussion, I think it's so ironic that you picked me to talk about food because I have a million food allergies. (laughs) So there's going to be a few things that we talk about that I will not be able to relate to. Would you like to go into detail on that? Yeah. So, I mean, might as well. I have what is called food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome, or FPIES for short. Um, Basically, I'm just allergic to like a bunch of random things. Uh, My main allergies are like rice, beef, nuts, fish, peas, string beans, sweet potatoes. Uh, I've never tried mushrooms or uh, a lot of other a lot of other things. Um, But yeah, I mean, FPIES could really range from so many different things, Um, and. I kind of just have to go around those foods, never had them before, or I've had them and I tried them out and obviously that didn't work for some of them. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am as far as food is. But thankfully, fruit um, is something that I am glad to talk about because if I had to pick like a sole fruit, I would go with a classic orange. I think orange for me, but like the thing about orange is... I need to eat it the right way 
because if it oranges have the potential to get all over the place as far as the juice so like i need to like make sure i'm like peeling it like do you do you like take the orange slices or like do you like individually like the little the little orange slices or how do you eat your orange i eat it with the peel on there's no way i <laughs> know it's a joke no i would never you're a madman if you do that but you know i think i think for me what i do is i'm i just use my fingers i just peel it apart and i just go a little bit at a time i don't even pull out the, the slice i just eat it out of the skin okay i i yeah i do that too I, but that's why i hate eating oranges at the same time is because like even when you just go into it it's like it still gets all over your hands and it's annoying so i'll say oranges but i'll also like throw in some honorable mentions like i love watermelon um i think that is a just classic fruit it's a god tier fruit yeah absolutely and also i'll throw you a curveball i love eating lemons okay i I, mean that's not a bad thing no i mean like it's bad for your for your teeth enamel but you know that's another story but i i love really apparently it's not good for your teeth like if you have too much lemon juice or lemons then like your teeth enamel will like start rotting well that's unfortunate yeah so that's why i try to limit my lemon consumption uh do i do it successfully all the time i wouldn't say so uh but nevertheless i will say that lemons are a very underrated fruit simply because no one eats them uh but they're they're good i make some lemon salads uh sometimes and it's well, I don't. My nono does, and uh, I eat them with pure joy. It's very good. I, c- I could imagine that. You know, those those are some good fruits. I'll give you that. Thank you. But, you know, for me, I love watermelon. I'm not going to say that's my favorite fruit, though. For right. me, I like the little bite-sized stuff, the stuff that, you, you know, you can fit in, like, one bite. Mm-hmm. For me, that's grapes. Sure. I don't know why. For some, for some reason, I'm addicted to grapes. Green or purple? Green. Good. Green all the way. Good. I love Very good. I love the flavor on the green compared to the red. I mean, I think the red's more sweet. Right. But I like the green because it, that touch of bitterness from the skin is so much better. Sure. Yeah. I love having that contrast. In there, a lot so of people compare it, so it to like sour, but I don't even know if I would call them like sour, like green grapes. It just has like more of a kick to it, but in a good way. I would say bitter is the good way to go. Bitter. Okay. Yeah. I could see bitter. But, you know, honorable mentions for me. Easily. My favorite fruit only if it's a certain way. Mm-hmm. Strawberries. Okay. Because sometimes if they're a little overripe, they get a little mushy. Yeah. And then Ooh. they get like a little too sweet. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not as good. Do you dip your strawberries in sugar? That is the next question. No. Get on that because it is very good. Yeah, I take something that's supposed to be healthy and make it unhealthy? Yeah. Sure. Might as well. You throw salad dressing on salads. You know, it, it happens all the time. You got to enjoy life a little bit with the with your fruit. <laughs> I think the other one I would probably say is uh, grapefruit. I think grapefruit's my backup. So that's like... I had grapefruit once when I was younger because I really wanted to try it because it was just a fruit that I never tried before. Were you allergic to it? No, I wasn't, I, thankfully. Um, and then I threw some sugar on it, but I wasn't sure if I liked it. I guess because I'm so used to eating oranges that it's like when you have a grapefruit, it's just like it has the consistency and the feel of eating an orange, but it's such a different taste that it just throws you off. Yeah, the bitterness is really, really there, like how sour yeah. it gets. You want to talk about bitter, like that, that is bitter right there. But you got to have it from the right places. The Florida grapefruits are the best, mm. they're the best. Yeah, absolutely. But I think this leans us into another segment here, because, you know, when we talk about fruits, I mean, this would be a good chance to talk to, you know, like, what would you rather have? Ooh. So this leads to a new segment called, Would You Rather? Would You Rather? So for Would You Rather, I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios and you're going to tell me if you would do one or the other. Okay. So I'll be as specific as I can with this. All right. So first one, speaking of fruit, 
Would you rather only eat fruit for the rest of your life, which means that's the only thing you could eat. You could only eat fruit for every single meal. Okay. Or give up every single breakfast food. Anything you would usually eat with breakfast is out the window, which now would include fruit. Wait, what? Wait, so if I give up, uh, so it's either I eat fruit for the rest of my life or I give up breakfast which in turn gives up fruit. Because fruit's a breakfast food, technically. Oh, that's very true. I think I'm going to... That's a really good question. I will go ahead and I will say that I will give... I'll eat... I guess I'm going to have to eat fruit for the rest of my life then. Uh, you know, you, you you got some good fruits in there. Uh, I will say if the if the question were a bit different and it was vegetables for the rest of my life, then I would be more inclined to say that. I think I'll go with fruit simply because, you know, you have some variety there. There are different fruits that I want to try out. You know, it makes life interesting. Um, I like oranges, grapes, you know, watermelon. There's so many different types of, you know, we can make fruit for dinner, you know, fruit, have a specific, I wonder what fruit, like if you were to take a fruit and have it for dinner, like what, that, that's a good question for you. Like if you were to take a fruit, raw fruit and like specify it, like this is a dinner food, what would it be? A fruit and specify as a dinner food. Um, you ever heard of a jackfruit? No. Jackfruits are like a, um, it's not common in the United States. It's actually from, I believe, South America. Okay. But the way it works is like, you basically, it's a gigantic thing. It looks like a durian, but it's not. And so what you can do is that you could actually take it and make it almost like a chicken. So if if you do it right, the way you cook it and you brine it, it could actually come off like a shredded chicken. Wow. (laughs) That takes the the saying, tastes like chicken to just a new. And that's, and that's a big thing because for vegans, it's, it's a new take to kind of keep the texture and the feel of chicken. Yeah, sure. And not, maybe not have that flavor, but maybe the seasoning that would typically be with the chicken and it makes it actually pretty close. That's really interesting. So in that case, I think that strengthens my point that I would rather eat fruit for the rest of my life than give up those breakfast foods. And I will concur because that is a very very obvious thing for me. I love my fruit. Mm -hmm. Now, the next one's also tough. Okay. Give up ice cream or cookies, but it comes down to you know your preference. Oh, my God. I'm going to go with giving up cookies because there are much more flavors of ice cream. Uh, And I would say there are more flavors of ice cream that I enjoy than there are types of cookies that I enjoy. Like, for ice cream, I'm not going to get into all of them, but you got some, like, strawberry and cookies and cream and, uh, you know, the, uh, what is it called? The cookie dough. You know, there's so many that there are very good ones that I would say, like, I would rather, like, if I had cookie dough ice cream as compared to like chips ahoy in my uh freezer slash refrigerator like obviously two different places but um if i had a choice between them i would probably go for the cookie dough ice cream um so yeah i would say cookie dough for that one uh uh, cookie dough i'm saying that too much ice cream for that one okay so you're going to keep the ice cream i will keep the ice cream and i will get rid of the cookies all right maybe i'll agree with you on that although i will say there are a lot more flavors to cookies than you think that is very true I, I haven't explored too many, but like I'm a cho- I'm a classic chocolate chip kind of guy. Like I would say, like my two favorites are like you know classic chips, uh, you know chocolate chip and uh, and then oatmeal. I'm a big oatmeal guy, so oatmeal is kind of making me want to choose cookies instead of ice cream. But I think I'm still gonna stick to my gut there. All right, okay, and I'm gonna again, I'm gonna agree again. I'm gonna say you know ice cream. There's so much about it that you enjoy. I just I couldn't imagine getting rid of it. Yeah, for sure. 
Here's the last one for Would You Rather. Okay. Would you rather only have Italian-style food for the rest of your life or give up Korean food altogether? Uh, this is so easy for me because I literally only eat Italian food simply because that it's not what I'm allergic to. So uh, pizza, pasta, chicken, cutlet parm, that is all staying for the Italian food, and that's guaranteed. Okay. See, you made that very easy, but for me, I'm going to say... It's tough because I don't want to give up Korean food. I yeah. love Korean food, but I cannot, and I can't live without it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I'd rather only have Italian food than give up Korean food. Yeah. I, I love Korean food. I'd rather only eat Italian food. Okay. Okay. Now, this is last one, at least for this part of the podcast here, everybody. So you can you feel free to tell us what you think for each of these for Would You Rathers. I think everybody's going to have a different opinion on this, but overall... You know, it's food. We're all free to not or love something that others don't. Yeah, or totally. Do. Mm-hmm. So for f- this last one's going to be called favorite guilty pleasure. Ooh. This is the meal of all meals. If you didn't have any allergies in your case, <laughs> and it was like a dream meal, you know, don't worry about your health. Don't worry about anything else. Okay. This is the meal you dream of. Right. I need a drink. I need the mean f- the mean food and the side. Okay. Oh, all right. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. All right. So for me, again, I love my fast food. That's my guilty pleasure. I love fast food. So mm-hmm. anything of that style where it's greasy and fried, right? it immediately like comes to me. And I'm, I'm a fairly fit guy. Mm-hmm. So for me, like it's every once in a while. So I do enjoy it when I do get to have it. Right. But as my main meal, I always fell in love with it, especially when I was up in the, um, in the Great Lakes, especially okay. in Michigan. Mm-hmm. They have this thing called the Juicy Lucy. The Juicy Lucy. The Juicy Lucy, for those who know about this, is, or don't know, I should say, is a meat patty that has a block of cheese inside of it. So when it's cooked, the cheese inside melts inside the burger. So when you take a bite into the burger, the cheese oozes out of it. So how much cheese are we talking about? Like, what's your definition of cheese? Like a block of cheese, I should say. You know, like a block of Velveeta? Okay. Okay. Cut like the, like, I would say maybe on inch in. Okay. Okay, that's not bad. Inch in, maybe cut that in half. Because when you said a block of cheese, I was thinking, like, we're taking this whole thing and putting meat around it. I was like, hold on now. No, what you do is you take this little, you take a couple chunks, you put it inside the meat, and then you put meat on top. Oh, okay, that's not bad. So you pack it in tight. So when you take that bite, then you get that pop. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I think to go with my side here, which I think I would enjoy... I don't know why, but I really like fried pickle chips. Fried pickle chips. Those are my chips. absolute favorite. Yeah. I've never had them, honestly, uh, but I, w- I would say definitely if I could try them, I would try them. I mean, fried pickle chips is basically you batter them and you fry them and you throw them in the fryer. I mean, it's it's so good because it's something that not a lot of people like. For me, I don't like the way Buffalo Wild Wings does it because mm-hmm. it messes with my stomach after. Yeah. But if it's done the right way, I will eat it forever. Sure. Forever. So this is my dream scenario of it being perfectly done. Okay. And for drink, I don't know why. Every time I go to a diner, if I can afford it, I get it every time. A strawberry milkshake. Hmm. Classic. Strawberry milkshakes are perfect. It's like being in the fifties again. It's such a being in the fifties again. You uh, you've been in the fifties. I I might be a skinwalker. Oh, okay. I see. So you know, I might have lived a lot of decades. Sure. A lot of millennia. A time traveler. Whatever. Yes, Mister Time Traveler. I mean. Again, it's like the 50s, the way diner style yeah, no, is how it feels. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm going to love a strawberry milkshake with yeah. my burger mm-hmm. 
Oh, I forgot. All my burgers also bacon. Oh. Because well. you can't leave bacon out of Because you just got to throw it on there, you know? Bacon makes everything good. It does. At least does. for me. Yeah. I'll now, what see. about for you, for your dream meal? So, okay. When it comes down to it, I am not a big, like, if to answer this question, I'm not like a big, like, big meal type of guy, like stuff, something I would have, like, every once in a millennia. However, I will say that there is one meal that I do have on occasion that I think is the greatest thing ever. So for the drink, I'm really going to throw anything in here. Like either I'll I'll pick between like Dr. Pepper, ginger ale or Sprite simply because I like it. Um, Like there's nothing that really goes with this. And for the meal, there's no side to it uh, because there's a, a good amount of stuff here. However, it is ramen. Which is which would uh, is drained like it doesn't have the soup or anything, ramen mixed with like uh, grilled chicken, asparagus, broccoli, and peppers, and I throw some hot sauce and hot pepper flakes on it. Toss that all together. It is literally the greatest meal that I have every so often. Uh, it is it, it, you got so much flavor packed into it and the hot sauce like for you what is like throwing bacon on something makes it better that's me with hot sauce i will throw it on whenever i can and i'll make this very quick what is your favorite type of hot sauce is it tabasco is it frank's red hot what's your favorite frank's red hot all the way for me oh yeah yeah i'm a i'm not like a i'm not like a very like hot type of person that came out wrong but whatever i'm not like a like you know extremely hot sauce type person like i'm good with like classic frank's red hot yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'm a personally a sriracha guy, I like sriracha and a lot mm, of stuff. Okay. But I really do get that meal and I like that meal. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, especially the soda choice. The soda choice is yeah. great. And any of those three I will take any day of the week. And so I want to thank you, Anthony, for jumping onto this podcast today and joining me today, my special guest. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime that you are going to talk about food on the show, you can give me a call and I will be here ASAP. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Anthony. We'll be right back after this short message. Ahead lies a new page in the story of you. It's a fresh chapter. And at St. Francis College, we can help you write it. Start with us in Brooklyn, where students hail from all boroughs and far beyond, where classes are small and everyone belongs. Whether you're starting your college journey, looking for a place to transfer, or returning to complete your degree, Join us and be part of this amazing community where you'll become the best version of you. You're listening to SFC Radio, the sounds of Brooklyn Heights. Check us out on Radio FX, the TuneIn app, or SoundCloud. And welcome back, everybody, to the GV Podcast, the General Variety Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything. I'm Brian Mansell, and this time I have a special guest with me, Ivana. How are you doing today, Ivana? Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, and I can't wait to hear everything that we're going to talk about and help the people a little bit. So I hope you guys enjoy this talk, and I'm excited to work with you and talk today. I am too. Thank you for coming on. Um, so the reason why I brought on Ivana today is that t- this segment, the second part of our podcast today, will be about relationships. No, we're not diving into personal relationships. That's not how this works. Absolutely go- not. Absolutely not. We're going into the common myths that goes into relationships, you know, like trust issues. We're going to go into maybe a little bit about personalities that conflict each other, fighting, little stuff like that. And in, and also some truth bombs for those out there who are looking to get into dating a little bit more seriously and things that they should uh, keep in mind. So let's see if we got a couple of common myths here. 
Um, so for me personally, my first common myth I have is personality problems can ruin relationships. That is not true. You know, the key to a happy relationship isn't, you know, having a normal personality per se, but, you know, finding someone with whom you really mesh together with. So like, for example, let's say this guy, Scott, is having a problem dealing with authority. Like he hates having a boss. If he were in a relationship with an authoritarian partner who, you know, tended to give commands and tried to tell him what to do, that result would be disastrous. Just really bad. It would not go well. It's going to be a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting, and rebel. It's not enjoyable. But if he were... Well, what matters, though, is how you deal with them. If you can accommodate each other's strange side with care, affection, respect, you know, your relationship can thrive. It's very possible. Honestly, I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily about a perfect personality i feel like that's such a stigma that's put out there like someone needs to have all like a special criteria for me to be with them i think it's just about who suits like who suits you the best and who understands you the best and who values what you value i think that's really important and that's what we spoke about personally on other times and i think for me as well it's more about like if I trust you and if I'm being vulnerable with you and if I'm showing you the full side of me, are you gonna are you going to be able to be capable of taking all that in? Are you going to be able to meet me halfway? As if I'm gonna meet you halfway because nobody's perfect. Everyone has their flaws, everyone has things that they go through and I think the right person for you is going to be able to manage all that with you and you're supposed to make each other better so I don't like how people always say like oh this person has to be like you know super responsible super rich or you know oh that's another stigma I hate like why does someone have to be super rich to be like you know dateable like that's not true (laughs) having money that's just that's just a basic thing if someone's like that that's a problem run away I definitely think, of course, I definitely think personality matters and personality definitely above looks no matter what. But I think it's more about what are you willing to, you know, take from your partner and what are you what are you willing to learn and are you willing to show your true selves and what will you accept and what will you tolerate and what you don't. So I think it's definitely all about compromise and really allowing yourself to be vulnerable. And there is a lot of levels to that, and I'm really happy you actually dove into that a little bit because it is, there is more to what I said, and, and like that's really a good way to put it. I think, I think another myth that a lot of people talk about that's very common, is this little line I'm about to say: If my partner loves me, they would spend all their time with me. You know, always around your partner 24/7. Now, let's make this very clear: Good relationships require two individuals who each have a life of their own. It's very simple. You don't have a life on your own and you have to be dependent on that person all the time. It's more like babysitting than being in a relationship. We call that codependency and that is not healthy. That is a red flag. Don't do that because then you lose your own individuality and God forbid you're not with that person anymore. You're just going to lose yourself and not have anything for to stand on your own and that's heartbreaking and that's not healthy. It's, it's rough. It's very tough to even fight through, you know? Like, that includes, like, the friends each of you also had before the relationship. That's a big thing, too. Or maybe even new ones you made at work or at the gym. Nobody, and I mean nobody, can be all things to you. Not even the love of your life. Can't be everything. 
there's got to be more. And, yeah. You know, that can play into personality, things you enjoy, just little stuff like that. I also think it's just healthy to have your own, you know, personal lives away from each other i guess like you know i know guys like having their boys night i know girls like having their girls night i think that's healthy it doesn't have to be codependent when you're with that person 24 7 and also that just causes more problems like you're gonna get tired of your person i know that's what a lot of people dealt with during covid too they're with their partners yeah uh 24 7 and they got angry a lot a lot of divorces came out of that like you definitely need your space i think that's definitely very healthy and also just have your own independence and being able to be happy doing things on your own because you were your own person before you were with the person you were dating so Exactly. And even, and this goes back to the one point you have to remember in a relationship, which is, you know, just because you have somebody with you that you really care about and they care about you, it doesn't mean that they can't be your only source of happiness. That's how I'm going to put it. You can't just be happy with just one, that with just your person, because that's, you're never going to be fully happy in the end. Because without that person, who are you, how do you really feel? It puts too much pressure on them. And that's a big thing. Now, another one I have for a myth here is that couples in a great relationship can read each other's minds, you know, assuming that because you're thinking one way, they got to know what you're thinking. Nope, that's not how it works. You know, as fun as that might be to imagine, the truth is that most of us aren't psychics. Expecting your partner to anticipate all your moods and needs is unfair and a little delusional. You know, like, (laughs) like, sure, if you've been together long enough, you may know one another's likes and dislikes. But you can't expect how to understand how the person is feeling at all times, while they're, why they're feeling that way, or what they might need you to do about it. In a healthy relationship, it's rational, though, to communicate your issues with each other. Communication is key. If you can listen to each other and work together to resolve your problems, that is a far healthier approach. Working together to solve your problems. Even though there may be times where that problem is maybe something you don't want solved. You just want someone to hear it. Yeah, I think sometimes listening is also better than talking. I think relationships, a lot of people argue a lot because they don't know when to end the argument and just hear the other person's side. So I think that's also really important is being able to listen to each other and listen to what the issue at hand is. Like you said, even if you don't even want to hear it, you know, that's really important because that is the other person's feelings. Um, But yeah, that's what I have to say about that. And I think with all the negative stuff we've said, because this did yeah. feel a little negative, it felt pretty negative. The last common myth to remember is that a great relationship should be easy. It's not. It's never easy. And that's the biggest part to take away from this, you know. This is one of the most common misconceptions about relationships that so many of us have, thanks to, you know, idolized love stories as like you would see by Hollywood. Because Hollywood creates these perfect love stories that just... It doesn't happen that way. Which isn't true because a lot of those Hollywood love stories are very toxic behind the scenes. So that's not true. Yes. <laughs> very much so, actually. Yeah. We think that if we're in a relationship with the one, loving them should feel effortless. But nothing could be further from the truth. When in reality, relationships take a lot of work. It may feel like a fairy tale during the honeymoon period of the romance, you know, in the beginning when you're all lovey-dovey and you're like you're all like all over the other person. But... You know, to survive long term, a healthy relationship needs effort and maintenance from both sides. As human beings, we're all flawed, like you said earlier, and we all come with baggage and emotional issues that we have to be able to understand and work with. Staying together despite these issues, not to mention all the curveballs, too, that life may throw at you every once in a while. You know, like you get a new job and it's in a new location away. You got to be willing. You got to decide if it's up, if it's good enough to move and change your life. Honestly, someone once told me that love is a choice. 
and I understand what they mean. Like they once told me saying, you know, loving someone is a choice, like being there for them, accepting all parts of them. That's all a choice. So that's why I also don't think relationships are easy because like nothing's perfect. If you're not perfect as a human being, how would you expect a relationship to be perfect? You know what I mean? Especially because everyone has a past and everyone has their own baggage, like you said nothing is gonna come so easily and that's why I'm saying it like what you said about being like having effort and putting in effort that's a choice that you're making because you care about that person you know um and I think for those of for people who do think it's supposed to be easy that's what you're seeing on social media too which is very deceiving half of those people who you know are posting their significant other you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes so don't let that be deceiving doesn't mean that they're not happy but it does take work for someone to be in a relationship so it's definitely a lie if you think that all of it it's going to be smooth sailing but as long as you're able to make that choice because you deeply care about that person you're connected and you think it's a healthy choice for you then by all means then it's worth your time Exactly. I couldn't put that any better. I think you really hit it like on the spot. And, you know, to wrap up at least this part of the relationship section, you can be in a healthy relationship, but you have to both be committed to putting in the work and putting in the time because it's going to take time to make the relationship work because a relationship is an agreement to on both sides to make the most of it. I also think to add on to your point, I think what makes a healthy relationship is being secure with yourself and loving yourself. I feel like if you're if you don't love yourself or you don't feel at least some sort of security within yourself, you're not going to feel secure with your person or if anything you're going to be codependent on that person to fill up that love for yourself, like filling up a void and that's definitely not what you want. Um, so that's definitely something to keep in mind in order f- to be in a healthy relationship. Make sure that you're putting yourself first other than the person and that you're able to set your values, have your independence and while still putting in the effort for that other person. Exactly. I think that's that's another really great point with that for sure. And I'm going to have to say here that we're going to have to transition this into truth bombs. Yes, let's do it. We have a lot. We got. We have a couple things we want to get off our chest. And again, it's supposed to be for those out there who are in the dating scene and looking to take things more serious. You know, like you're looking for a real relationship, something that could be long term. And again, I think a lot of us are like that right now. But here's a couple from us. So I'll go first. Okay. So my first truth bomb I have is, you know, like how many dates do you really think it takes to know if somebody has potential? Oof. And that's always a very hot thing to figure out, but like. You know, for me, I think it's like after two or three dates because like you should honestly know after that if the person you've met is someone you should keep dating. Yes, I agree. I think after two or three dates, you would really know. Um, Yeah, I don't think it should take that long, especially if it's the right person. It it wouldn't take very long to know that they're the right person and that you suit each other well, for sure. Yeah, I mean, from there, you know, too often a uh, mistake men and women make early in dating is like you really overthink a lot of things. Oh my God. So many people over overthink. I'm, I've been a victim of that myself. I was going to say too. I'm an overthinker, so I can't really say anything about that. I think that makes two of us. <laughs> but, um, you know, by date two or three, you don't know if this person could be your lifelong partner. But after two or three, 
you'll know if this is someone you inherently like feel comfortable with. If you're comfortable with that person, that's a really good sign. So by two or three, you'll also know whether this person is someone you have a natural fit with, and that natural fit is the must-have foundation of any good lasting relationship. It has to feel like you fit in with that person, like it, like a puzzle. The pieces have to fit. Yeah, I feel like if you're trying too hard to make the vibe a good vibe or trying too hard to make it work or make that other person happy or trying to be funny or you know just not even being yourself you're trying too hard to not be the person you are then that's not a good sign so listen to your heart listen to your gut when it comes to that yeah and i think that's going to continue on to maybe another truth bomb maybe you can go on with that about being yourself being authentic um i think being authentic especially in dating is extremely important um i also think just identifying the red flags like don't overlook them there's this common terminology called rose-colored glasses i don't know if you've ever heard of that which basically like seeing the person not for who they are in reality because i think people tend to fall for someone's potential rather than who they are realistically and i think it's way healthier to come to terms with that earlier on especially dating because when you're dating someone especially in the beginning it's very casual so once you figure out those like little signs or those little red flags that maybe they say something maybe they put you down maybe you know they don't respect your values then you know okay this person isn't the right person for me and as long as you knew you stayed true to yourself and you knew you know that you put your best foot forward and gave that person a try that's all you could really do And then I always say, like, I know this is corny, but I always say, like, if one relationship doesn't work out, you're one step closer to the person you're meant to be with. So That's actually really good. That's a really good one, actually. I I, I thought that was going to be corny, but okay. No, it wasn't. I mean, it could. You could say it's corny, but I think it's still, no matter how corny it is, it's still true. And I think it also helps you heal. I, I feel like that mentality also helps you heal from past relationships because you're like i learned something from this relationship now i'm able to move on and now i could find better and now i know i'm a different person and now i know what i will tolerate and what i won't tolerate from my past relationships and so that helps you moving forward and also just helps you be as authentically as possible and being as very transparent with your feelings but also with the other person you're seeing yeah for sure and i think what's You know, this just, I think overall what it is, is, you know, just be yourself. You can't put up this front of who you want to be, who you want others to see you as, because honestly, that'll never work because it's not going to last forever. And eventually you're going to be revealed as a liar and you don't want that image of you. So whatever person you are, whoever, whatever type of person you are, however you identify yourself as a personality, as a person, you need to own that. Own it and make it, like, honestly, keep working on yourself, too, at the same time to, like, honestly make the best version of you. But at the same time, don't be afraid to, you know, own it. Do own not, who you are. Do not fake it till you make it. That does not work in relationships. <laughs> or in any industry. Even a professional industry. I mean, faking it, faking it's just not going to work yeah, for anything. Just, yeah, don't. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to take the next one. Okay. I think the next one I'm thinking is like, you know, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to say this one, put yourself out there, take risks. We're all guilty of it. You're going to find somebody that you really like that you like, whether you see them every day, you see them one time and, uh, and, uh, I'm not going to say that because it's okay. In a, in a place, (laughs) you see them in a place 
And you see them one time, they're really nice, they're really cute, you really like them, but you're afraid to say something because you don't want to say the wrong thing or you don't think you're deserving enough for that person. Even though you've never spoken to the person or even tried to learn their name. You know, like for example, does this mean being obnoxious and weird? No. <laughs> what it mean what it does mean is that you have to stop making excuses for not taking a shot at asking someone to go on a date. Everyone's scared of hearing the word no, but the only way you'll learn to take risks and be confident is to be the bigger person and communicate. Tell them you enjoy talking with them and you'd like to meet up for coffee or tea sometime, and if you could have their number. If they say no, it's not the end of the world. Just move forward and tell them to have a great day. The dating world is about trial and error, and you'll never learn how to navigate it if you don't build some experience now. As for excuses, you know, like, little excuses to like, oh, I can't date this person. I can't do this. I can't do that because of this. And like, some of the stupid ones I've heard is, I don't have a car, so it won't work. I don't have a car. I can't make the drive to meet somebody because I live too far away. Can I say I'm guilty of that one? Probably. But another one I've heard is, my living situation isn't the best now. This isn't what you should be thinking. Even if it may be true or may not be true. You know, if you like the person, tell them you want to talk more and meet up sometime. Then when you meet up with them, you'll be able to gauge if that is something you, someone you find interest in. If something said you don't think would work, decide if you can overlook it. You know, make up for that. Because again, you're not together yet. You're just meeting them. If you don't really think it's something that's going to work, don't be afraid to tell them you had a great time and that you'll hope to be friends or something like that. Hope to be friends. But if you can... Schedule another date until you know for sure that's the person you want to be with. You know, like, and again, like I said earlier, after the third date, you'll know if that's someone worth initiating a relationship with. Brian, you're way better than I am because I'm still, I, I still can't do that. <laughs> I can't, I can't put myself out there like that. I've always been, and I, actually this is very sexist and I don't mean it that way, but I've always like had a guy approach me first and ask me out or take the initiative I've always been terrified of taking the initiative or having to do or having to put myself out there like that um so I give you a lot of props listen to him I'm working on it (laughs) (laughs) it's very true um I don't think there's anything wrong with putting yourself out there I know rejection is scary I know it's hard and I know it's not easy and I know it may hurt your ego a little bit at the end of the day i try to be as optimistic as possible if that person said no to you then that just means they were not the one for you and if you think about it that way why would you want to be with someone who's not meant to be for you facts speaking facts you know so and honestly if that person still wants to be your friend after that then maybe having a friendship with them is much better than being in a relationship with them imagine you know you're in a relationship with them and you realize oh my god no i can't be with this person like we don't mesh well you know um we probably mesh better than better as friends then you know everything happens for a reason i'm a firm believer in that and i don't think there's anything wrong with putting yourself out there i'm i'm just a scaredy cat that's why um and you know what it's funny because it's that's a common trend we see you know a lot and i know you're trying not to be sexist but it's i'm gonna be honest with everybody it's pretty true you know the majority of people that end up making the first move is usually the guy it doesn't yeah. mean it is nine times out of ten because i'm gonna go into personal relationships right now i had i had a time where you know i've had times where girls would come up to me and ask me if that they say they like me would like to go and like to go out i went okay and we would go out it's happened before and like it again it comes as a shock to a lot of guys because they're not used to it 
But after a while, you know, you got to be able to, doesn't matter who you are, you need to be able to show that confidence and take the first move if someone else can. I feel like guys like that too. I feel like they like it when girls approach them because they're not used to it and that puts in less work, right? Yes. And it's also, you know, the way you approach. And this goes for both ways. The way you approach really does matter. If you approach a certain way like, hey, how you doing? Like that, no, that is not happening. It, it's an immediate no-go. It doesn't matter who it is. That's a no-go. Yeah. But if you like you're being nice, like hey, I saw you. I thought you. Were, I thought you're really pretty. I like to get. I like to know you a little more. Something like that. That's that's like a nice way to go. That's a respectful way to do it. Yeah. Just don't be scummy about it. That's how I'll say. I also think even starting off as friends isn't a bad thing. Like I think like sometimes it's good to start off as friends to get to know the person a little bit better because you get to see how they interact with other people. You get to see how they interact with you on a more friendship level. So you can really figure out like. Would, would I like this person more than a friend or would I or don't or okay now I know what I'm getting myself into if I go out with them because I already know how they are or oh like I see how they treat my friends or I see how they are with other people like this is something that I feel like could work out or maybe it isn't something that could work out and I also think that helps you feel more comfortable about shooting your shot quote unquote because you already kind of have a basis on who that person is exactly and that's the benefit of being friends with somebody because again Although the term friend zone does say like, oh, you'll never get out of it. Don't ever believe that. There's always a chance. I've had friends who've actually started dating each other after like years later. So, yeah. Or and it does happen. Yeah. It ha- I'm, again, happened to me once. It did. Aw. So it did. Oh, don't. Don't. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Um, it happened. It's happened before to me. You know, it happens. It happens to everybody. Everybody's going to have that moment where it's like, and it's not like it's quick. It's like it just happens. It's like, you don't ever predict it. It's more like, oh my God. But you know, okay, sorry to like kind of steer off topic real quick, but I think timing is extremely important for a relationship too. Not like, I know you talked about living situations and everything like that, but I feel like you're always meant to meet someone at a specific time in your life. Does that make sense? I feel like certain people come into your life at certain points of time because you're ready for that person in this specific point in your life. Does that make sense? does make sense because it's not always like it's sometimes the time's not right like someone could be going through something and you guys get together at the wrong time and it just doesn't work out because they were possibly going through something that was almost traumatic and it made Harfin really put everything into the relationship that happens yeah so like I've had friends who have known people like people they were interested in for a long time but they weren't mature enough or they weren't ready enough to be in a mature relationship it wasn't until like you know two or three years later that they were like okay i'm ready like i feel like i connect with this person i feel like i've grown so much as a person and this is supposed if if this other person feels the same way this is supposed to work out yeah Does that makes sense I don't know. Uh, yeah i could definitely see that and i i could agree with that too you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of elements to relationships. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time to go with that relationship. Yeah, so sorry. I appreciate that you said timing because it almost, you know, kept kicked something there. But what I appreciate is the fact that you came on the show today to talk about relationships. You know, again, this is a very touchy topic for everybody because, you know, everybody's gone through something. Everybody's experienced something. So it's always, it's always nice to be able to let it out and talk a little bit and, you know, like share experiences with each other. And so. don't lose faith. Your person is out there. Again, that might sound very corny, but it's true. You don't know when that will be. But again, the number one thing is, remember, put yourself out there. Do not be afraid to take risks. If you take risks, it will pay off eventually. Again, you may end up going through 
30 or 40 dates, but eventually it could be that 41st date that gets you with the person you want to be with. And just continue loving yourself because I feel like when you love yourself, that's when you attract the most best energy and the people that are right for you because people want to be surrounded by people who are just good and confident energy and are true to themselves and want to be the best that they can be. So yeah, I hope this helps in any way possible. Me too. And there is one last thing I want to add into that. Just because you are confident doesn't mean you, you can be overconfident. And by overconfident, that leads into the scummy mindset, which is it goes from, again, confident would be like, I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy with how I look. I'm happy with who I, um, with what I do. It's That's being confident. Being overconfident is I'm the best at this. I'm the best at that. I'm the, I'm the best at that. I'm the best at doing this. I'm the best at doing that. I'm the I'm the best there is. Cockiness. No. Not a not good attractive. thing. Do not do that. Yeah. That is what will ultimately push people away from you and you never want to do that. So confidence is about being being appreciative of yourself and loving yourself, not being like absorbed in yourself to the point where you block out everybody else. Absolutely. I agree. So again, thank you, Ivana, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. I hope this helps. And thank you, Brian, for everything and being able to have me on your show. Of course. Thank you so much. And that's the GV Podcast, everybody. The General Variety Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything. Make sure to check us out on SFC Radio, sfc.radio, on the TuneIn app, and on Radio FX and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon. Take care. Take care.